episode is sponsored by Christopher Africa, a first to world, proudly South African artificial intelligence platform that enables brands to reply to relevant organic posts on social media at scale using personalization in real time. Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and doing excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, enjoy. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hello everyone, great to have you back with us. If you are new to this podcast, welcome, and I hope you stay with us as we embark on this digital transformation journey together. A decade ago, social media seemed to be so much simpler. Brands were growing their followers, posting content on all social platforms, campaign after campaign, and measuring success based on likes, shares, and comments. Fast Track 2020, social media is no longer an island and should be infused within the digital marketing ecosystem. Many brands still think that social media is free. When all else fails, let's do organic post. If campaigns are delayed, let's just do a social media post to say we launched the campaign and so on and so on. Social media can be a powerful tool to support key business goals from brand awareness to conversions. Today we chat around some of the challenges and how brands can fully harness the full value of social media. My guest is three times marathon runner, rugby coach, and digital thought leader, Bradley Hall, head of digital at PhD Johannesburg. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, Ord. Um I think it's been a, a long time coming. Um, nice to finally be on it. Um, seen a couple of good people before me, so hopefully I can do a good job here. Brad, I was talking you on social media, <laughs> right? And on your Facebook. I see that before you were in digital, you were a professional rugby player. Well, I think failed is the, is the, is the better term. Um, as a junior, I was very fortunate enough to, to play some rugby, but uh, professionalism didn't really work out for me, so I had to forge a career. Exciting. From rugby to digital media. Yeah, look, it is a path uh, that I've walked and uh, yeah, it seems to be treating me quite well right now. So yeah, very happy with that. So tell us, how did you end up at PhD? So um, I managed to get into the media world through uh, out of home, in the out of home industry on the sales side um, and then uh, transitioned into digital about two years after that. Um, first with, with a company called the Pyramac, which is Yahoo, we used to run all the Yahoo inventory, um, and then actually um, into Opera and then Ad Colony, and then via some connections, I managed to get in contact with Wayne Bishop, and he took a huge punt on me, um, and it's into my fifth year now, and we've never really looked back, and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wayne was on the podcast a while ago as well. Really enjoyed that conversation. So thank you for being here. And let's get down to the topic now. So you and I had a discussion, I mean, more than one, where we feel very passionate about what's going on with social media. Um, So, I mean, our topic refers to is the social media conundrum. Um, and, you know, you said something interesting is um, why is social media treated differently or classified differently 
and are we putting it on a pedestal? So, yeah, I think the reality is, is it, it kind of looks like we put it on a pedestal, and I think it's for a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, where attention shifts, um, I think advertising shifts, and with this rise of social media um, and, and new social media like platforms coming out all the time, I think the reality is is that the trend in, in that instance has been to follow. Um, so hence why it looks like um, social media has been treated differently or put on a pedestal. But I think the question off the back of that is, is that, you know, um, are, do we have a bunch of leaders or followers at the moment? You know, because it, it, it seems like, as I said, where attention is shifting, advertising shifts, which means budget shift and, and activity shifts. But, you know, who's, is there an opportunity to lead rather than follow in, the, in that space? Yeah, I think, you know, it's not only new social media platforms, it's the advancement of these platforms, which kind of infringes on the traditional digital media space. And that's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah look, it does. Um, I think, again, it, it probably, you know, where, where these advertising spends end up going, um, it it, it, it sort of takes the impetus away from, from other channels. And, and, and I think then, you know, when we look at it from a strategic approach, it, you, kind of, you kind of get lost in this, in this world and you kind of move to what you know rather than, than what you don't. Um, so it's, it's an in interesting conundrum to have, but I think, again, I go back to my point, you know, are we, is it, it's been treated differently as a result of, um, you know, of, of what people know rather than, than them trying to forge ahead and find new opportunities um, and, and things that work for their clients and their brands and, and in the strategies that they do as well. Okay, I think if we can just pause yeah. and, and let's just define social media and you spoke about let's define new social yeah. media. Yeah. So, again, I think the role of social media is extremely unique. Um, in, in my experience, um, it has the ability to offer um, brand awareness, brand engagement, direct response, and which ultimately resu results in sales, leads, and acquisitions. And I think it does it in a very cost-efficient means as well, which is probably why it's quite appealing. Um, it also offers um, the brands a unique opportunity to open up one-on-one -on -one dialogue with their consumers, which I think, again, is not possible in other digital channels. And I think why this sort of, this shift or this, this reliance on social media as a result. Um, so, Again, it is a unique offering. It's not to say that it's right for everything, but uh, you, you know you need to you need to really understand and know what you want to try and achieve on on the platform. And again, it is quite diverse, and there are multiple different social channels, and each one might have a different opportunity. Okay, from a PhD media perspective, I mean, what have you been observing? Are clients actually briefing you differently for social media? <laughs> No, they're not. Um, although it seems to be on every single brief, um, it's it's they're not. It's not different in in any in any way. Um, it, you know, I think it it becomes apparent that clients' reliance on what they know again is is in, why it's ending up on brief. So you know, where they are being prescriptive, they are putting social media as like, oh, we need social media, not like why we need social media it's just like on there and then we kind of have to figure it out 
which is what we kind of paid to do. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so on the flip side, on your media schedule or your media strategy, how are you approaching it? So again, we look at when we look at every brief, you look at you know what is the business objective, what is the marketing objective, and then how does each and every digital channel, um, and and as well as every above the line channel, how does that fit into our strategy in its entirety? You know, we look at how we can reach the right audiences, um, how we can achieve certain objectives. You know, what is that objective? What are they trying to achieve? And then kind of tailor the the, the revert in 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 that in that way. Um, so it's not like, oh, let's just put social media on and we leave it at that. So when we were chatting, mm. we we said that the biggest challenge is, um, and we named it laziness syndrome. <laughs> Do you want to take our listeners to yeah. what laziness syndrome means? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think the thing is, uh, you know, for if we want to little be a little bit more sort of um, like give it a, a bit of a better name, I think we spoke about the digital skills gap. Um, and I referred to a, a, a walk article um, which was compiled by a study done by the IAB in the UK in, uh, in conjunction with uh, Middlesex University. And they obviously referenced this digital skills gap and, and how the ever-changing nature of the digital marketing industry means that uh, people and processes need to continually adapt and to keep up with the, with the pace of change. And I think that's where the laziness comes in, is that we know as digital people that um, if, you don't, if you don't grow and change, you are going to be left behind. And I think, you know, off the back of that, it's my opinion that that has a large effect on why social media channels are treated or managed differently than other digital marketing channels. And I think it boils down to a couple of things. First of all, marketers, and again, I said, you know, marketers in general, I'm a marketer, you're a marketer, we, we're all in the same sort of industry, is they're not skilled enough in their digital marketing knowledge or they're not educating themselves fast enough to make informed decisions because um, the industry is evolving so quickly and that forces them to go with what they know. As a byproduct of that, the big social media channels and again, Facebook, Twitter, Google, which we'll get to as from a YouTube perspective, and then to a lesser extent, a platform like LinkedIn, are doing a fantastic job in the industry in educating marketers um, and, and, and sort of guiding them along the way in terms of why social media is right for them as a, as a brand or as an agency. And I think that's forcing these um, marketers then to lean towards these platforms because it's what they know um, and I think the smaller I don't want to call them smaller but outside of that big duopoly the, although they there's some really exciting opportunities for brands they don't really have the, the the finances or potentially the time to actually educate consumer or not consumers marketers uh, well enough, and I think they they're missing out on a large piece of this digital marketing pie as a result. Um, so yeah, that's this, that's kind of the digital skills gap in terms of how it can relate to why there's this reliance or tendency to lean towards these the, the, these social media channels. So I want to 
I want to touch on YouTube because yes. you mentioned it. Yes. So is YouTube <laughs> a social media channel or a digital channel? So, great question. Um, I think technically it's a social channel. Um, it operates like other social channels. Uh, it's, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money to create a presence within the channel. So, you know, um, that's why it's, it's similar to other, to other social channels. Um, brands can also, we can still have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with, with our followers, with our consumers. Um, the only problem is with YouTube, and this is where it differentiates, is that consumer behavior on YouTube is a lot different. Um, it's a discovery platform. Um, consumers are going there to discover content um, and less for that social interaction or engagement. Um, but you can still build a, a big following with the content that you put on there. So, you know, it, it, it kind of transcends whether it sits in social or, 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 or as a broader digital channel. So YouTube is regarded as the second search, second biggest search engine. Correct, yeah. Next to Google search, yeah. right? And YouTube is also seen as a TV channel. Yes. So you can actually plug it into your almost traditional media TV buys yep. as YouTube alongside that. You can. So, so how do we actually then regard it as a social channel? Because <laughs> for me, it has such a huge impact in terms of reach, mm. frequency, engagement. Um, but then we've got YouTube for action. Yeah. So quite a, very, a, a strong conversion channel that we haven't optimized. And this is just one example yeah. of a social media platform. I mean, if you look at Instagram, it's becoming an e-commerce channel. A user does not have to leave that platform to actually buy the product. So, so social media platforms are getting so advanced. I mean, yep. you've seen AI coming into play, the advanced um, audience targeting mechanisms that's available, the fact that you can do online lead form at any given point. Um, for me, it's like almost this ecosystem thinking that we shouldn't actually... Uh, apply a silo channel view of how we buy media and then we're going to touch on the creative but because we have a lot to say in terms <laughs> of creative right correct um so so why is it we're still seeing on briefs the same thing let's do social media posts yeah so when we want to launch a campaign and we're not ready with our tv or other assets what do we do oh let's do a soft launch mm. We'll do a social media post and technically we've launched the campaign. Correct, yeah. Um, do you see that happening? Yes, it is. It happens a lot. Um, and it's, it, I just want to take a step back because I think you, you mentioned some interesting things there. And, and I'll refer back to my initial, um, my initial point in the beginning about social media channels or platforms being unique in that they, you know, they, they almost transcend the full user journey. So we, we are able to do your upfront awareness piece. We are able to get engagement out of it. We, you know, so we can almost drive consumers down the funnel to a purchase, but in one particular platform. We don't need multiple platforms to do it within. And you mentioned an interesting point about YouTube is that you, know, you, can, do, you, know, you can do YouTube for reach, which gets you that upfront awareness. You can coincide that with YouTube for action. You've got the opportunity to have a dialogue with consumers, so you're almost looking at a at a funnel. You know, you can add sequence. There's so many things that are possible, and I think 
the reality is is that we, we you know it's 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 not looked upon that way you know i got a very interesting um feedback from the guys from twitter the other day and it and it kind of took me through a campaign journey you know it's like you don't really get reverts like that from from your partners very often it's more like just do this or just do one of this and you're like let me look at your journey let me look at how a consumer consumes okay so yes we're going to do a soft launch and throw some things on as a post but what we want to try to build out of that is a is an audience to then potentially retarget on when we do actually launch and then once we've launched and we've engaged with them then how can we close them down to to a sale at the end of the day so so we've got to look at it a little bit differently and i think it's a very valid point it's like these channels can do a full funnel for you effectively you know right from start to finish um and they can do it quite cost efficiently as well, which I suppose, you know, in current times, that's what we're kind of looking for. Mm, I mean, compared to traditional channels, yeah. it is definitely cost effective. I mean, your CPV could be as close as 20 cents, depending what your budget looks yeah. like. So, I mean, previously, uh, advertisers used to buy uh, video views. Yeah. Um, irrespective of how long the customer has, has seen your video or your ad. And then there's that question of just copying your TV ad onto YouTube, right, onto social channels. And, and the fact that you need to actually have bespoke content, which brings us into yep. <laughs> this content world Correct, now yeah. and how we actually adapting content for this new social media yep. environment. And I wouldn't, I even would say pass this new social media environment it's it's this new digital ecosystem that we're operating in that has a vast amount of potential for advertisers to actually meet and exceed their objectives mm -hmm. yeah look i mean the content conversation is is another interesting one and i think you know content is a direct result of creative and you know, you know we mentioned creative earlier and we had a, a long conversation you know sort of offline on that as well um, and I think the the reality is is that uh, each social media platform or channel is 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 different and unique to to what it is Facebook to Instagram to YouTube to Twitter to whatever and I think um, you know with these multiple channels and them all being very unique the content developed for them needs to be tailored to suit um, and that could take the shape in in many different uh, forms where you know, I know I know people are using Instagram as a e-commerce platform, but it is a very visual platform. Less so, I would say Facebook. You know, whereas Twitter a little bit more information. So, are we designing and developing content to fit the platform? Um, people are consuming this media on on mobile phones. So, is you know, are we taking our TVC and making it mobile phone ready? so that you know you can consume it in a way in terms of how you navigate how you scroll um we listen with sound off most of the time are we is the is the content being created with sound off in mind um and i mean there's there's loads of stats coming out about that you know sound off is pretty much how people consume media on on in in social platforms on their mobile phones so again you need to frame it in that way like so what is our objective where's the where's the content going to live what content do we need what creative do we need how do we sort of bring it all together and i don't think we're thinking about it all the way through and rather just oh social media he has a post off we go 
media, see what you can do with it, and we'll run for three months with one piece of creative, you know. Mm. And, and, and we're not, no one's a miracle worker, but we need to work together, you know, creative refreshes, plan for mobile, those sorts of things. And, you know, that'll help us, like, manage it a little bit better. So I think you're missing a key ingredient there, and that's data. Correct. If it's data-led. Yes content becomes more contextual and relevant to your audience so how are you using data to inform your social media plan so i mean we'll obviously use a lot of past campaign performance and the data that comes out of that where you start to understand who your audiences are obviously a brief that we get would would entail who we're trying to reach and target Um, we have some internal tools in our agency that help us unpack um, audiences a little bit more um, so um, we would then look at what so we could take a product for instance that if it, even it's a, if it's a vehicle um, can we find an affinity audience for that specific vehicle and then it'll give us some indexes in terms of you know where these these potential um, consumers over index on and that helps us build a little bit of an audience construct using the brief that we have potentially even research that we're getting from um, from um, consumer research that, that the client's doing or potentially the creative agency's doing and kind of build a, a nice audience layer or an audience segmentation. And then, you know, you would, you would hopefully have creative that is bespoke to each of those audiences that can be refreshed and then using that on our social media channels, um, which should create a little bit more of a personalized experience for the consumer if they're seeing it. And again, I mean, you and I are very different sitting in this room and what you would be um, what you would be a little bit more receptive to might be a lot different to what I'm receptive to. And then taking that creative, potentially maybe running a couple of uh, A-B tests as well to seeing which ones resonate a little bit and then, and, and then rolling it out from there. And, and you probably see your performance increase as a result of it no, just, just depending on what that goal is at the end of the so day. so what percentage of your clients actively use custom audiences um i think quite a lot uh where we have obviously access to the data um we like to use uh website audiences build lookalikes off the back of that even if we're taking databases ingesting them into social media platforms which is brilliant really allows us to build further lookalikes. We can target actual consumers or customers, or we can build lookalikes off the back of that, which help expand our reach um, and obviously help the, the campaign scale a bit. A bit. But it's, it's becoming a common practice. Um, so website data, build lookalikes, custom data, customer data from their databases, um, there are even some neat little things that you can do right now where you can take search intent data and you can ingest it into your, into your social media activity. So people that are viewing or clicking on your, on your search ads. So almost like another form of retargeting and um, still waiting to see some results coming out of that. But I would hazard guess that that would have quite a higher performance than potentially website or even customer data. So, so social media, mm. I mean, campaigns are generally time-based. Yes. How are you looking at adopting, for example, an always-on approach? Um, so, out of experience, what, what we've done from that always-on approach is it, 
so it's it's less campaign related so it's less product producty and it's more sort of lifestyle elements so um regular creative um posts coming out uh whether they be um user generated content that's been that you know that they've obviously done a deal with the with the 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 I would, wouldn't say influencer but through the lack of a better term an influencer um but an a, almost you know regular so three to five posts per week coming out as an always on but more lifestyle less product so less of a product push more just to sort of keep the feed going keep the content up um in a vehicle space you can get some really nice it's like oh, for the, i don't want to call it car porn but it's like really like visually attractive and you get great engagement off the back of it um so it's just keeping the brand top of mind and then you can and then you you know then you integrate your your campaign elements in there as well so that's where it becomes a little bit more ad focused so carousels on facebook website cards on on twitter that sort of thing um carousels on linkedin so a little bit more of a product push but that's sort of that's integrated into your into your always on so you build that brand awareness close the people down with a with a more product push at the end i was going to say something nasty okay car, jet, car jet, porn jet by <laughs> <jet bike> carousels <laughs> look if they can come up some, with some more ads it'll be it'll be great but uh yeah we roll around those ad units and and some of them perform really well so yeah, yeah. Before we get into production I just want to touch on innovation right yes. and I I mean I really love Snapchat and okay. the reason being now you can take AR yeah and take it into your offline world like outdoor have you seen any brands in South Africa like dabbling into that space of AR and social media I haven't at the moment um I know it's been spoken about um quite a lot um I included it actually did a, a digital 101 the other day about two months back and AR was one of the sort of I wouldn't say a trend but something that you know we kind of haven't pushed the boundary on um but definitely I know like channels like Snapchat can can do that thing I'm, I I don't use it a lot because the brands that I work on not really a Snapchat sort of environment but um you know that that has a place I suppose the thing is is just to understand if it's if it's scalable and and whether it can have the results that you're trying to achieve off the back of it. Um heaven forbid you want someone trying to snap a a billboard while driving but but I think from an engagement point of view I can see where it, it can fit in um and how it can potentially help campaigns sort of grow and scale off the back of it but yes AR is one thing. Um I think you know it, especially in this time that we're sitting at the moment from a covid perspective and not being able to do a lot of live things augmented reality can have a a good effect on on campaigns um and integrating them into potential things like showrooms and you know you can start to view product and and in a in a real immersive type of way mm-hmm. um and uh there there was a, a study that went out and was more against learning and AR is an engagement or engaging type of platform and consumers will be able to absorb more information if they're engaging with something so i think it has its space um whether or not it's been executed correctly i haven't seen anything to date but i might have just missed it but i think it does have an opportunity to 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 form a part of of what we're trying to sort of forge ahead from a from a from a trend perspective going forward 
Yeah, I think the point that I was trying to make is that we often look at offline to online. Yes. We should actually be thinking about uh, online to offline, to offline and how do we actually um, extend that experience that we're offering. And, and mobile is such a powerful tool. Yeah. And it's that interactive, personal, contextual engagement with consumers. And they lean into yeah. the brand, into the conversation, yeah. which is quite appealing in terms of social. Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, you obviously want people to lean into the content because, again, you, you're going to get a lot more out of it. You know, your, your brand awareness will probably go up because they'll, you know, they'll be invested in what they're doing. I suppose it's also depends on what frame of mind the consumer is in, you know, so... Not all your content would be lean in, but you know you need to have a range of of content depending on what frame of mind you're in. You know, in the morning you might just be quickly browsing, so it's got to be something that you can consume quickly. And then let, maybe later on in the evening when you're a little bit more down, I think that's when that lean in content can really, really resonate. Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. Cool. Happy for Spanners. You were expecting this, <laughs> I'm sure. I just want to talk about you mentioned two things is remarketing and sequential yes. ads, right? Yes. Um, how are you seeing um, with data privacy and permission based marketing? How yes. is that going to impact your world? <sighs> hard to hard to work it out where that impact's going to lie. We know it's coming. We know certain things are, are going to happen, you know, the, the cookie-less world that we're potentially moving into. There are opportunities on that. Um, I know there's the Google um, Privacy Sandbox, which is, we still don't know what that might be. Um, we're trying to stay ahead of it, but there's just not enough information at the moment for us to go, okay, well, what course of action are we going to take? Um, there are some other um, projects happening on um, companies that are doing um, that are trying to produce like a unified ID. Um, I know the Trade Desk, which is a DSP, is is bringing something out, and then there's a couple of other companies as well. It it will have an effect. I, I don't know at what scale at the moment. Um, it's it's we're going to have to again. We're going to have to be agile enough to to make changes as we know. How it's going to affect us as 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 marketers, mm. um, and how we how we identify these consumers that so we can continue to retarget or we continue to add sequence or you know so to drive people down the funnel. It, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, you know, we I'm trying to absorb as much information as I possibly can. Um, we've got it as a little bit of a side project at the moment to see, you know, what are we gonna? What's the next course of action we're going to take? Um, I, yeah, I don't have a, 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 a sort of viewpoint on it at the moment, but I know it, it will affect what we would know as a sort of as a sort of funnel approach to 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 closing consumers down. Yeah, I thanks think for the curveball. Sorry. <laughs> luckily, I had, luckily I had read something about it the other day. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> no, I think we're all in the same boat, and uh, the only way we're going to get a solution to this if if we work as a yeah. collective. Yeah. So, uh, Brad, I think I want to go into uh, production issues, okay. and, and we spoke about it. Is creative agencies, in terms of protection of production fees. I mean, there were a few reasons we we mentioned this, and and that's because a lot of the social media platforms you're able to produce the the creative formats of the material on the platform. Yeah. 
So, so what are you seeing here? Is are people embracing this, or are they resistant to this change? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a again interesting topic, which is probably a completely separate conversation um, for another podcast. Um, and again, I'm going back to that digital skills gap, um, which I think is is quite relevant in in, in this instance. And um, the duopolies great at doing education within creative agencies. Um, which means uh, reverts coming out of creative creative agencies are generally the dreaded carousel, as you mentioned, or just a social post. So this is our social revert, these two elements. Um, and it's because what they only know what they know. Um, what we're seeing is um, a, a, like a lack of, and again, I'm generalizing, I might be you know, I might be offending some people, but this is complete generalization and, and inexperience. Um, is that it's it's like a, he has a post, he has a three month campaign, do the best you possibly can with it, you know. Um, they're not, you know, we're not taking the, the guidance that we're getting from potentially like Facebook and, and Google on YouTube. Um, to develop creative that is relevant for the platform in question. Um, again, like I said, you take your TVC, you pop it on to Facebook, and then that's the end of it. It's not It's not the right way to go because, as I said, sound off most of the time, um, which means that you need overlay, copy overlays to try and get your point across, shorten your videos, be a little bit more punchy, brand up front. Just a couple of basic things, you know, which. I would know from a media perspective, but that they need to apply from a creative perspective as well. Um, there are opportunities um, outside of creative, but creative can still produce the assets, but the production of the actual, the actual production, there, there's some great um, external partners who you could leverage off. Um, even in the big social networks, there's guys that can help you. I know Google have a creative studio. I know Facebook have a creative studio. I'm not sure about Twitter, but you know, they have these opportunities and the thing is they're designing it for their platform. So we need to let go a little bit. Um, we can't always be precious about everything that we own um, and, and allow experts to produce for platforms. And I'm talking not just on social media in general as well now. Um, so yeah, just let go. You know, you, you will still make your fees, you will still make this, but th there's really good outside production help that will help for these channels. Well, I think the number one reason we, we mentioned this is because the planning cycle is shorter. Yes. So how do we become more agile on social? Um, we need to turn things around quickly. Um, you know, we, we plan for social, but we also need to plan for unplanned events, you know, current trends, those sorts of things. The planning process is he has a campaign, let's let's create a content plan, he has the creative we require, let's put it up. But things might blow up in between that. Um, and I think the the reality is is that there are going to be companies or or channels or platforms that come in and can almost help you sort of overcome that that issue. And um interesting one is Christopher which lives in a social media environment but is an artificial intelligence tool which responds in real time like how cool is that you know like 
I don't need to plan for anything. I just need to make sure that we capitalizing on certain conversations and there this tool just does it for you. And you can be so clever in that environment and react and respond in such a personalized manner. As a consumer, why wouldn't you want that? So I think gone are the days where we just, here's a content plan, we'll bang it out for six months and then that'll be the end of it. You know, we're looking at opportunities and we, you know, I know agencies that are, that are using these types of tools extensively um, to, we're looking for opportunities to be able to capitalize on conversation in real time. You know, and like if that doesn't resonate with a the consumer, then, then I don't know. I'm at a little bit of a loss for words, but mm. I think that's where the opportunity lies. So, you know, you can, pl you must still plan, but you need to be responsive enough for current events or anything that sort of blows up over, over a particular time on a campaign. Um, yeah, I think the power of social media, I mean, in, t in terms of customer conversations, they are real conversations. They're happening all the time. You can't actually plan what the customer's going to say because it's user-generated content. Yeah. So um, mm. tools like Christopher can be powerful in terms of making sure that the brand is part of the conversation and they're not actually just there after the fact. The moment is gone. So it's about being in the moment that matters. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I suppose I mean, or as a as a as a brand custodian, that that's what you would you know would you'd want to be present at that particular time. Because I think because things move so quickly, social me feeds move so quickly. If you're not if you don't respond immediately, you've almost lost that opportunity. So although although it could be dangerous to react immediately, it it definitely would create a dialogue with that consumer. So feeds are quick content disappears you know you need you need that technology that's that's going to help you along the way and i don't think a planned approach is going to be the best sort of course of action in my opinion yeah one of the the more successful brands and we also had them on yeah. this podcast was nando's yep i mean i was amazed with that one day turnaround time on how they react to what's topical yeah whether it's political or whatever the topic is that they're part of the conversations and now consumers expect that yeah and and you're right it's it's uh like nando's are great at it um they are heavily topical um and and no one no one even takes them out on it like another brand will try and do the same thing and it'll fall flat so you, you've also got to understand what your brand identity is what's your social media sort of profile look like I don't even think Nando's put money behind any of their stuff. They just like seed it and all of a sudden it goes viral and everyone's like, oh, wow, Nando's again, you know, come to the party. Um, and, and, and I think the, the, the thing is, is that you, other brands can't be Nando's. So you've got to find what your identity is, what you're going to hang your hat on and almost like own it. Uh, you know, you can't be a chameleon. You can't be everybody. You know, you, you can only be your brand. And I think in social media, if you're false and not authentic, the guys that the guys will have they'll have you for breakfast without mm. a doubt um, i mean transparency is key there yep you can't uh yeah you've got to you, yeah. yeah you have to be upfront well eh? you can't fake it you can't you, you can't it. fake it you'll be they'll find you out quickly and and, and yeah. it'll be the end of you so yeah. i think yeah from a social listening perspective is um brands need to be authentic yeah. and transparent at all times yeah. Um, and having real conversations is what people are expecting now. Yep. So, um, 
I think it's it's a tough call for brands to make, especially those um, very conservative brands yeah. that are risk averse, afraid, you know, to be brave and be part of that conversation. It's something that they should consider very mm. seriously if they want to be the brand that people trust yeah. and an, have an affiliation towards. So, so Brad, I think we've covered a lot of different things and uh, different aspects to social media, which is quite real issues. But also, I think opportunities for agencies and marketers yeah. to actually start to look at social media in a new light and the opportunities that the platforms actually provide to them, um, you know, to meet their, their business goals yeah. in the future. So in closing, mm. what would be the top three things both brands and agencies can do right now to change the way they approach social media in the future? Cool. So I, I've got four. Okay. If I, if I can yes. break rank. Um, and just before I start, I, I mean, you mentioned an interesting point. You know, I don't, th I don't think social media is right for every brand. So, you know, you need to understand whether you know, it is right for you in terms of what you're trying to achieve. If you believe that, then then by all means, you know, have that social media presence and invest in it, but then own it. Um, so four quick things. Uh, I said, set objectives for your social media channels as you would for all your digital channels. Treat them all as equal based on your objectives. So you have to have an objective. Why are you there? Why are you going to play there? Um, and, and what you're going to do to reach those objectives. Don't wing it. <laughs> Ensure you have a plan, but be agile enough to jump on current trends. So again, you need to be able to adapt. And ensure, your research, ensure you research your audiences, either through dipstick research or social listening tools. So again, you need to understand who you're speaking to and how you're going to communicate with them. Um, and then the last one was create and curate engaging social content that resonates with your target audience and don't skimp on the creation of great creative. Wonderful. <laughs> Those are really cool tips um, and I hope that our listeners are taking heed to your advice. Thank you, Brent, for Thank, being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is, this is great. Eh? I, I really appreciate it and I'm honored to, to be on a, on, a, on a show like this. No. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Cheers, We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.